And I, my whole, like, I was always hyper aware of everybody else's boundaries because, like, I was, um, you know, I grew up in a dysfunctional home. And so, like, the adults were very, like, emotionally just all over the place. Yeah. And they had a lot of boundaries for us kids. And we were told to respect them. And then kids were kind of, you know, we weren't really um, allowed to have like our own personalities, our own like boundaries or anything. So I, that's just how I was programmed. I was literally programmed to be concerned and take care of everybody else. I took care of my younger brothers. I took care of my parents. I took care of their animals, everything. So when I got out into the, into life, I, I I didn't know who the hell I was. I didn't have a personality. I, everything was based off of like, how can I make everybody else around me happy? Because that's how I've been taught what being a human looks like. Mm. Um, I wanted, I wanted what everybody else did, but I didn't understand why they would get upset with me when I would put up a boundary. But when they put up a boundary, I was able to respect it. I didn't understand that. And because I didn't know people, I didn't know relationships. I thought that meant I did something wrong. I said, how did you wake up this morning? What's up, girl? My name is Rika, and thank you so much for listening to Single You, the podcast. Whether you've been listening for a while or you just stumbled upon me. Hello, I am a certified NLP life coach. Now, NLP, let's get nerdy for a second. It's Neuro Linguistic Programming. You can Google the rest of that if you want to know the rest of the nerdy stuff, okay? So I'm certified in that area, a.k.a. the single girl's life coach. I am a self-love coach and a boundaries coach. Listen, I got that boundaries and that self-love on lock, okay? (laughs) All right, so I am your host and also the founder of this podcast and Single You Academy, which is my online coaching program, community, and resource for single women. Now, before we get into the episode, let me just put a little disclaimer out there, all right? I am not a licensed therapist, so I am not to replace a therapist, but I will say this, a lot of my clients, they have me as their coach, and then they also have a therapist, because it is my job to hold you accountable to the things that you say that you want. So if you want to stop tying your worth and identity to men and stop being a man pleaser, you need help on that self-love and boundaries area, then I would be the coach for you. And maybe one day that coaching relationship with you and I, yeah, it's just me and you right here, hey, (laughs) will happen one day. You can always reach out to me. My Instagram is open to you. On Instagram, I am just me, Rika. And of course, I will put my name in the show notes. All right, that's it. I'm your host, Rika, and let's get into the episode. This is Single You, the podcast. I'm excited for today. I'm excited for today. <laughs> Listen, you are going to be able to be a fly on the wall with the conversations that me and my best friend Desiree have. Okay. This one in particular is going to be all about setting boundaries because I know that most of you who are in my DMs, most of you that are in my singleness is not a punishment Facebook group are like, listen, Rika, I've tried to set boundaries with men, but I feel mean when I do it. Uh, Rika, I've tried to set boundaries with men, my boyfriend, but when I do, he gets upset. So how do I set boundaries? How do I get more clear 
on setting a boundary for what I want because I want you comfortable in any situation, boyfriend, parents, kids, um, coworkers, what have you. Obviously, we're going to be talking in the context of men uh, relationships, you and man relationships right now because that's what I do as the single girl's life coach. So without further ado, I'm going to bring Miss Desiree, Desiree Rose in the, there we go, in the room right now. Okay, so funny enough, we're actually in the same room. So, and we're also on Instagram. If you're on Instagram, you're not going to be able to see the slides, but you could totally hang out. For the past two days, I've been going live on Instagram and y'all been hanging out. So totally <laughs> hang out. Um, so Desiree Rose, welcome to the room. Thank Hi. you for... Thank you. Can everybody hear me? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, Sandra, Sandra, Susie, um, can you hear uh, Desiree? We just got to make sure that everything is working. We are in the same room, so we have the computer mics off or the, the speakers off. off and the mics on. So we're just making sure that this is actually working because being in the same room, we would have echoed. It would have been a like annoying echo. So can you hear Desiree? Desiree, say hi. Hi. Can you hear me? Am I echoey? Am I okay? Oh, so is it a bad echo on your part, uh, Sandra? So, oh, it is a bad echo. Okay. So maybe... What if we, like, when you talk, like, mine's muted, and when I talk, you're yep, muted. Yeah, we're going to have to do that, yeah. Okay. okay, so how about this? So, Desiree, talk. Hello? Hello, hello, hello. Can you hear me? So when I'm talking, is it now echoey? I just want to make sure. I just want to get uh, do this little homework first before we start uh, class, I guess. <laughs> oh, guess who's watching? Anthony. Oh, hello, Anthony's Anthony. watching? Yes, he's on Twitter because I'm live on Twitter too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let me know if it's echoey, echoey right now and then what we'll do if it's not because I don't think it would be. Um, then we'll just have to have no echo now. Okay, we fixed it. Perfect. I, I keep forgetting there's a delay, so we have yeah. to like, okay. All right, perfect. Okay, let's talk about um, how we know each other first. Okay. How do we know each other? Des, do you remember? I do. I do. Um, so we met at a like women in business gathering for um, the Tri-Cities. It was called the Cornucopia. And... I was really nervous because I do not feel like a professional businesswoman. I feel like a very unprofessional, like, klutz tripping through life. And so stop. getting invited to this thing, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so nervous. So me and my, my friend, my other friend, Haley, we went and got, like, a couple of drinks beforehand. And then we showed up, like, super late. And everyone was sitting at this, like, long table. But you were at Faith's um, laundry thing. You were modeling for it. Oh, for Phila Cali. For uh -huh. Phila Cali. So yeah. you showed up late too. And everybody was already kind of like talking in their groups. And so um, that's where I met Evelyn. That's where I met you. And I came up and started talking to you. And then we just hit it off. I gave you a free makeover card. And you were like, like, I'll come in, but you're not touching my hair. <laughs> um. I did. Okay, hold on. Pause. Pause. <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> I may have looked it, <laughs> but I probably, I don't, I didn't say that, right? I don't. I think you, I, hold on, I'm gonna, I think you said something along the lines of like, well, 
like let's set it up and do a consultation and see how that goes yeah. because and I don't take it personal literally Elena the first time that I did like that I met her I was yeah. telling her I do curly hair and she was like we'll see if you do curly hair <laughs> although within the first couple of minutes if you do curly hair right right so in my defense okay wait are you are you on mute? uh there we go okay in my de- look at you you're good at the mic I'm gonna let you run your own mic okay so in my defense so obviously it's no secret I'm black Desiree is white I've never let a white girl touch my hair so I was like we gonna see we gonna see um and what three years later four years later how long have we been friends Jeez. yeah it's been yeah at least three, three yeah. and a half, four. Um, she actually has helped me with my curly hair journey because these curls were not healthy uh, when I first met Desiree because you had just started. I had just started trying to go back to curly after straightening my hair since birth, basically. I mean, thank God I had the mom who didn't let me get a relaxer until junior high. Um, and, and even at that, it was only for school pictures and Christmas. And that was it. Like, she was like, you know, we're not doing that. Yeah. We're not doing that because she mom. didn't really get them. What exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't have the creamy crack my whole life. as <laughs> That's it's what we just, call it's it. It's just thing. so bad for your skin and your hair. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I went back to that. So that's how we met. And through the three, four years that we've known each other, we've had many, 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 many serious and deep conversations, especially um, because when I met you, was I just getting out of that abusive relationship or was I? Yes. Yeah. You were just getting out of it. It was, it was, it was before the $10,000 boyfriend. Yeah. But yeah. it was right after the abusive ex. I was single and I had been single for years. Um, I was celibate. I had been celibate for like two years already, I feel like, or like a year and a half or something like that. And you were newly celibate. And so we kind of like started our whole singleness journey, we were kind of going through it together. I was like a couple years in already, but I had a lot more like baggage than you. So we, we were kind of like right in sync, like, like working through our trauma yeah. and what we'd been through together. So, so it was really cool. <laughs> we had a lot to talk about. We had a lot to talk about. <laughs> I, I would say like almost all of our conversations are at one point deep. <laughs> like, yeah. They're never shallow. Yeah, exactly. Because... Honestly, I don't even know your favorite color. What's your favorite color, Des? <laughs> I don't have one. Oh, okay. I, I like them all in different circumstances. Okay, okay. <laughs> May, well, then, okay. Okay, now I don't feel like a bad friend because, um, because, yeah, all of our conversations are deep. And I remember I told you the other day, the basis of our conversation, like, no, the, the foundation of our friendship is how I'm moving forward forever now yeah. with friendships. Yeah. Because... I've never, uh, let, me, let me not say never, it's been a while, especially living where we live, having a friend like you, one yeah. where I can feel like I can tell her everything and I can ask her questions, there's going to be no judgment and we're just going to talk through it and we're yeah. just going to talk it out and I hope you yeah. feel the same. I do and you know what, it's so funny that we're talking about this when we're talking about boundaries because yeah. I don't think a lot of people realize that having boundaries in romantic relationships, it goes beyond that. It's having boundaries in relationships, period. And I know for me, I had a lot of toxic friendships because I didn't have bound, I never set boundaries. I remember my, my friend Taylor, 
the first, she was the first friend I've ever had who set a boundary with me in a very respectful way. And at first it like hurt my feelings because I wasn't used to people doing that. But she was like, hey, I don't want to pick your kids up from school. Don't call me for that. I was, I'm glad you'd see, because you know, yeah. I'm going to be like, okay, give me an example. Because, you know, I love yeah. examples. And yeah. I was like, <sighs> she doesn't want to pick up my kids from school. And then I was like, well, they're not her kids. That makes sense. Yeah. That's not an unreasonable request. She's not saying like, fuck you. I don't want to be, your... she's not talking behind my back. She's right. not, you know, sorry, right. I didn't mean to cuss. Um, not she's not okay. saying anything Listen, like that. Pause, pause, hold on. Go ahead. You got it. <laughs> I, I, I just want, I'm a cussing Christian, Christian. Now I don't do it every other word. I'm, I'm not foul like that, but every once in a while <laughs> you'll hear me be like, yeah. look, I don't even want to say <laughs> But I don't get mad when people cuss around me. I know people are like, oh, I'm sorry, Rika, you're the Christian. I'm like, I don't care. Um, Okay, finish your story. Yeah, but basically, you know, she set up a boundary and I was like, wow, I've never had anybody be upfront with me about something. Usually they'll be like, okay. And then they'll be like, oh my God, Desiree is so, always having me pick up our kids, you know? So it was so refreshing that I was like, whoa, I've never had that. I like this. And her and I are still friends. And I think that's why, like, our friendship is so good because we have boundaries. We support each other. We love each other. Like if you're, if you were to ever like, like lash out at me or say something mean to me, I'd be like, Oh my gosh, Rika, are you okay? Are you having like a bad day or <laughs> right. something? Like I wouldn't be like mad or any, like yeah. it's mutual. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause I think, um, there you go. Yours, yeah. Um, I know that, and I need to take notes. What did I, because you said some things that I'm like, oh my God, I have to remember to bring that up. So hopefully I can remember, or I'll try to take notes here on my computer because I put all my pens up because we had to make room for the table. Um, Okay, yeah, that's what I'm going to have to do is, um, so with you, Des, like getting, yeah, I think it was, it's so funny how time runs together as you get older but I do know I got out of that abusive relationship in June early July of 2017 because it was right around my birthday um and when I got out of that relationship he told me he called me everything under the sun but a child of God I was sneaky I um couldn't be trusted and I was he one of the things that he would always say to me is that I was a bad friend he was like that's why your phone don't ring Nobody calls you. Ain't nobody texting you. You a bad friend. You ain't got no friends. You ain't even close with your parents. If I had parents like you did growing up, I would be like X, Y, and Z. And because I'm an introvert, and these are things that I didn't know about myself back then. I know them now because I've done the work. And I'm very processed. (laughs) But I didn't know this back then. But yes, I'm an introvert. And I'm very, I keep to myself. Like I just, I'm just, I've been born that way. I asked my mom, I've always been like, I'm going to just go. I'm going to just go to Safeway. I'm going to just walk down the street. I'm going to just go by myself. I lived in New York by myself. I wanted to go to Howard University. I went by myself. I've always been a loner. um, And I've always struggled with that because I thought that that did make me a bad friend. So then when I'm in this relationship and he's telling me that left and right, (laughs) I am thinking I am a terrible friend. Mind you, I have never had a friend tell me I was a bad friend. But I'm believing this man because this 
um, trauma bonding, codependency, narcissism that he had was washed over me because I was the girl who was trying to make a relationship work to prove that I was a good woman, to prove to society that I was worthy to be loved by a man, to prove to society that I could get married. Because at that time, when I got in that relationship, I was 32, I think, uh, about to be 38 in June. How old was I in 2017? And then how old was I in 2015? Somebody do that. But anyway, so I got into that relationship and and those are the things that I was thinking, well, I have to make this work because I'm attracted to him. He's attracted to me. My vagina says I like him. So, okay, let's make it work. Um, and he's saying these things to me. So I intentionally, when I got out of that relationship and, you know, I went on my trip to Mexico yeah. um, and there were questions that I asked myself um, and, and we'll probably talk about that coming up. But I just want to get to my point. I said, I now get to define who Rika is, period. Yeah. So. What So I literally wrote out what makes a good friend. And the things that I wrote out, I make sure that I'm that to Des. I make sure that I'm um, that to like Lori. I picked like five, probably five people to be really good friends with. And everybody else is associates. Now, I'm not saying I'm not Drake with no new friends or whatever. But I just I wanted to be intentional with my friendships. And I didn't exactly know how it was going to work. But I knew that I wanted to be the one that defined it from now on. Yeah. You know, it's so, you make so many good points. Um, One of the things that, um, like, I think a lot of people don't realize that you can have friendships like that. Like, with Rika and I, we, I know Rika's um, love language is acts of service. So, if I, it's okay if we don't talk to each other for an entire week or two weeks, but I always try to make sure, like, if you ask me for a favor, if I can, I'm going to do it because I know that's how I tell you that I care about you and that you receive that as does cares about me. Yeah. Like, that's your love language. And it's so important because you will, like, you have friends that, like, friends that are not self-aware will try to, like, make you feel fill needs for them yeah that without any regard for without any like rhyme or reason or regard for you and they don't understand why and so then they put these like expectations on you we don't really do that for each other and like if if one of us has something come up or whatever it's there's no like no I've never been mad at you (laughs) I you've never been mad that I know of no you have healthy friendships too like this this single you is so beautiful in the way that like it doesn't just change your romantic relationships it changes all of them because it's not building relationships with other people it's building that relationship with yourself and then that just expands outward like you you know how to interact with other people yes and hold on put you on mute (laughs) okay um yes so you're so right. So that so Single You Academy is definitely about that. It is about the relationship with yourself because that's the most important relationship that you can have. Um, and then all of your other relationships extend from that. So the healthy the healthier you are with yourself in relationship to self, the healthier the healthier healthier <laughs> you are with other people, yeah. friendships, parents, kids, romantic partners. And so I want to get I want to get to that part. Um, there was a time where I didn't know you, <laughs> um, and you had other relationships other than the one that I know you are in now, which I yeah. believe is super healthy. <laughs> you guys, <laughs> I just want to throw up. 
Was there a time, and I know the answer is yes, but let's unpack this. Yeah. Was there a time where you were really bad at boundaries? Yes. What comes up for you when I ask you that question? I never had boundaries. I, I never had boundaries. And I think this happens with a lot of uh, people like, like me. If you grow up in a household with very like authoritative parents, you learn how to respect other people's boundaries so you're always worried about the other person's boundaries, but you mm. never learn how to put them up for yourself. Mm. So I had zero boundaries mm. for myself, but was always con- like very hyper aware of everybody like else's guy. around me. And so my um, my romantic relationships mimicked my home life, which was uh, fairly abusive. And so um, my my first major relationship and really my only major relationship was my marriage. I was married and it was extremely dysfunctional, extremely just no boundaries. Neither one of us had boundaries, but he was definitely more, um, like, you know, he had a lot of issues and it, it definitely affected everything but he you know he cheated um he i i I believe he was a narcissist he's a narcissist he he would um he was very abusive like he locked me out of the house one time when i was pregnant overnight um he would do random things like steal all the the blankets um at night so i i'd be there cold oh my god sleep cold yeah Um, he would there it was violent sometimes you know it ended extremely bad (laughs) but I didn't have boundaries I didn't know how to put boundaries I would try to yeah and then he would just bulldoze over them so that's so okay so you said um something and I'm gonna yell at my dogs real quick everybody Thor champ look these are the pups go lay down hi okay my shadows Go lay down. Go, go, good boy. Good boy. Go lay down. Because they get, especially Thor, he's, I guess, still a puppy because he's a little bit over a year old. Yeah, he's a puppy. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, oh, let's unpack this. Okay. Okay. So, before you had met him, what was your idea of relationships? Because I have, right, exactly. Because I have this theory and it's, it's really facts. We don't get education around relationships. We don't get education around, you need to discover who you are. It's a Drake song and it's very a nice song. Know yourself, know your worth, sure. But what does that mean, right? Um, and so I, I know that you also didn't have that education. No. So yeah, so, so what was your thought process going into that relationship? Honestly, so I, my family's thought process around relationships is super weird like they have all been married and divorced multiple times so going into relationships that was just a reality for me that wasn't an op that wasn't a that was normal so going into my marriage going into any relationship I just had this like mindset like I actually used to have this thing that I would say which is so toxic but I'm a very like I I'm very humorous. Yeah. And so I would say, oh, well, my first husband's going to be, you know, I'm going to marry him for love. And then my second one is going to be for a rebound. My third one's going to be for money. Like I would joke oh, around like, oh, I'm going to have all these, you know, like each time I get married and da, da, da. Yeah. My parents actually really put, um, 
like such a high like to them getting married was a financial thing like marry someone who has money mm. marry someone who has like a career like it was never centered around marry someone who respects you marry someone who loves you um there was no uh, there was no educate there was education but it was all like really really bad education yeah yeah and which yeah that's a thing extremely toxic so i literally remember on our wedding day um and the wedding pictures are so funny like literally hilarious. I, i've seen them <laughs> and we look like we're about to throw up and i remember thinking while we're signing the papers I know we're going to get divorced. Oh, God. I know we are. I wish someone would have told me what that looks like because it's been an odyssey and it's been terrible because getting out of a marriage is so hard. Yeah. But um, I remember signing the papers and thinking like, ah, well, you know, we were playing relationship chicken. And when you play relationship chicken, everybody loses. <laughs> Nobody wins. Oh, God. We had kids together. We should never have kids together. Yeah. We, you know, we, we were married we should never got married. Like, yeah. we should never been together, period. Yeah. But, I mean, we love our children. We have two beautiful children. But I have to deal with this person for the rest of my life now. I can't undo that. Yeah. And it's something that has followed me even to this day, financially. Oh, I know, yeah. Emotionally, I'm still dealing with it, you know. Unfortunately, the decisions we make in our past, they follow us forever. So. So, I want to, um. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. So, uh, and trust me, this story ends beautifully, okay, as, a, as of today, um, as where Des is today. And so we're going we're gonna, to um, connect the dots here, right? Mm -hmm. Because she grew up in a dysfunctional household, and I grew up in a very loving household. My parents have been married for over 40 years. Blech. <laughs> they're beautiful but they disgust me because they still kiss and they still hold hands and it's actually very pretty um and in my journey I realized that I was like idolizing that and I wanted that but I also did not have the conversations so where you were learning dysfunction because yes you learn like everybody is an example of either what to do or what not to do yeah. but we don't know what we don't know so we don't know what we're watching if, if it's what not to do or whatever if we're not having this education right yeah. and so me um coming up seeing this beautiful marriage I was like okay well I want that but I didn't know how to get I didn't know how to apply Mm -hmm. And I couldn't just copy paste, right? But I thought I could. So once I hit 30 and I wasn't my mom, because by 30, my mom had me and my older brother. I was like, my life sucks because I'm not my mom. <laughs> like, and I looked just like her. I thought that I had to be her. Yeah. I mean, I idolized that situation. So when I created Single You Academy, I was like, if even if I, from a two-parent household, could still fall short and unfortunately be in an abusive relationship what about the women who didn't even grow up like i did yeah. and so that's essentially how um after i went on this healing and got certified as a life coach and everything how single you academy came about because i was like i need to save the world <laughs> i'm now kind of calmed down and i'm like listen god send me the women that are my assignments um and i understand that so i just wanted to put a pin in that my next question to you while you were in that relationship what because i heard you say that you wanted to set boundaries you just didn't what boundaries do you think you wanted to set but you didn't and why do you feel like you didn't set them 
I mean, when it comes to boundaries, it's all about follow through because a boundary, everybody, everybody wants to set boundaries. Everybody does set boundaries um, at one point or another, but it's not an actual boundary if you don't have any sort of follow through consequences for that, for like crossing that boundary. And especially yes. with somebody who just doesn't respect boundaries. So with my ex, like when we would get into conflict or whatever, like, like for cheat cheating, I know that's like a big one. So he cheated so much. He cheated with like long-term relationships. He had like a five-year affair. He had oh my Craigslist postings. Stop it. Yeah. Like, yes, it was crazy. Like the amount of cheating and I would find out about it and I'd be like, this is it. This is, I'm done. I, you know, I said, don't cheat. I said, don't, you know, just respect me. He would obviously not listen. Um, and like, I think for a lot of women, when we date, we date out of necessity, you know, because yeah. especially if you're coming from a dysfunctional household, you're just trying to get out of it. And so for me, I wanted to leave. I knew I wanted to leave literally day one. I remember <laughs> I had sex with him and I was like, I literally told him, I do not want to date you. I, I don't, like, don't make this a thing. Yeah. And I just, like, it's, you know, narcissists, they hoover you in. Like, yeah. you get sucked in. Yeah. Um, I got knocked up. Like, it was one of those oh. situations. Wait, pause. Um, let me. You're saying, even before you were married, you were like, I don't want this. Yeah. And then you got pregnant. Do you think that's why you got married? No, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, I think I chose to have a child. I chose to get married. I chose to be with this person because I was trying to get away from uh, like the dysfunctional family that I had because I yeah. needed out. Yeah. I didn't know how. I didn't know how to fix myself. I was looking for that Prince Charming. This, yeah. I wanted to move away and have a life together. Yeah. And then once you get so far deep in, if I ever at one point, if, if there was ever a point in my life where I felt like I had a safe place to land, I would have gone way sooner. And like, that's why it yeah. takes women getting beat to the point where they're almost dead to go to a homeless shelter. There's no support for women yeah. in abusive There's no support for single mothers. So it's really, really tough to leave those types of situations. I was stuck in that situation because I literally had no choice. I felt like I had no choice. Yeah. It was either that, like be with this man and in this situation, or go be with my abusive parents, who I, I didn't feel safe with either. Can I... First of all, I want to say this. You're you're so right. There there's no there's no safe place to land. There's no there's not a lot of support for single mothers, which you're going to change that with I know you have a dream. Yeah, I do. Um uh not a lot of support. I know I don't want to diminish um uh things like domestic violence shelters and stuff like that, but even let's remove the abuse. For you watching, you're a single woman, right? And you're not necessarily fleeing a dysfunctional family life or whatever but how many of you think that being single is the thing that you need to flee so then you're trying to force yourself into these relationships because you're like well i can't be single because that's the worst thing to be on this earth yeah yeah because society christianity and i'm a christian but i am very critical of christians so christianity society makes you feel like being single makes you the scum of the earth, 
means God doesn't love you um, as much as he loves married women, uh, especially if you're a woman who doesn't have kids. And I don't have any kids. 30, I'm 37. Um, and I can say this, and it's coming from my heart, not a place of judgment, because I was there. So I want you to hear this. Like, that was so deep when you said, like, I, I just was trying to flee. Mm-hmm. And I understand you needing this safe place to land. So again, how dare you who are single and you are safe in your own home and you're fine and you're still trying to flee singleness as if singleness is a season you just have to get through. I have something to say on that. I think a lot of people, it's being single is uncomfortable because we're never taught how to be single. Yeah. And so yeah. just like yeah. anything, it's like a reaction. Like if you're uncomfortable, you want to get out of it. And, you know, I, I think that's why, you know, like for people who've been through dysfunction, you, you end up going into another dysfunctional relationship. I remember thinking I had to be with somebody who had been through something because I didn't know how to relate to people who hadn't. Mm. I didn't even know anyone who hadn't really. So deep. You know, and Mm -hmm. so, and I really didn't even, I've never seen a happy relationship so it felt normal. I know I didn't want it. I know I didn't like it. I, I wanted to get out of it. And I did. The only reason why I left my, my ex was because I, he was working a lot. I didn't see him a lot. So I, had, I was able, for the first time in our relationship, to make friends. And wow. so I made friends. And my friends saved me. They got mm, me out of this relationship. Yeah. If it hadn't been for my friends, I would have stayed. You know, and wow. it was only because he was working literally like every day except for two days out of the week. Yeah. And he was working like 16 hour days because we were, he was in the oil field. So that was the only reason why I was able to leave because for the first time in my life, I had money and I had friends. And it, it, that all quickly, like the friends stayed, but the, the money went away, right, but I still right. felt like if you have that emotional support, you you feel empowered to, to do something. Absolutely, about it. absolutely. Yeah. That and these were dysfunctional friends, but they still have me out of it. So <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so yeah, that is that is that is beautiful and deep that you can say, you know, because I got friends, I was able to leave. Because here's the thing: when we're being treated badly, we know it's bad. We, we know it, right? Everybody knows it. Nobody said it when, if you're a 12 year old girl, I'm like, what kind of relationship do you want growing up? You're gonna be like, I want him to be sweet and nice. And I want him to be like the Disney movies. You're not gonna be like, I want this dysfunctional BS. Um, <laughs> oh, there we go. Yep. You're not gonna be like, I want this dysfunctional. Nobody says that, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody wants happiness. But the problem is, again, there's no education around how do you, what is the difference between healthy, hard versus dysfunctional versus abusive? What is the difference between a healthy relationship versus an unhealthy relationship? Those conversations aren't happening. So when you're in it, you think, oh, you know what? I can change him or this is just the hard because a lot of married people love to say, oh, marriage is hard. Marriage is hard. But they never explain the hard. So you think, oh, this is just a rough patch. We'll get through this. Mm-hmm. We'll get through it. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. The next thing um, that I wanted to ask you was, because uh, a lot of, we as single women do this as well, whether we're married or whatever, just we as women, when we're very bad at setting boundaries. I love how you said, let's unpack this more, 
that you were very hyper aware of everybody else's boundaries. So you knew like what to do, what not to do. So you didn't piss them off or whatever. So I'm going to not do this. Unpack that because we do that a lot where, where actually before Des talks, I'll, I'll tell you this story. So I had this Michael Kors purse that I freaking loved. And still to this day, I cannot find it. Um, I can't find it in stores anymore. But anyway, it was this cute little mini bag. And it was a purse that an ex gave me. When I got with this abusive ex, I was on air because I'm a, I'm a radio personality in the city that I live in, for those of you who don't know. Um, and I used to do the morning show, step down in September to focus on Single You Academy and being a coach. But anyway... On air, a girl, the topic was, do I have to get rid of everything my ex gave me because of my new boyfriend? And I was like, girl, no. I still got this Michael Kors purse, blah, 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 blah. Here go my abusive ex. That's when my phone started blowing up. Um, And he thought it was disrespectful that I still had things that an ex gave me. This is not a love letter. This is not a rose that I dried up and kept. This is nothing. It is a purse. Right. It is a Michael Kors purse. It is a very functional, tangible thing that when I look at it, I'm not like, oh, look what my ex got me. But because I was not aware of what I wanted or who I was, I caved. And when he was like, well, if you really love me, you would get rid of that purse. I did it. I didn't know how to set the boundary, but I was very aware of his boundaries Um, So I love that you said that because obviously back then I wouldn't have explained it like this, but I knew that I wanted him to stop being mad. And I knew that if I did this, then for that moment, everything would be okay. Mm -hmm. And I just always thought the more that he asked me, the more that I did. And I just always thought oh, that he'll just calm down and he'll see like, I'm not this. There'll be a point that you reach. Go ahead. There'll be a point that you reach that you've proven yourself now because, you know, you did everything he said and he said, you know, he said he can't trust you, but you've done all the things he asked, but they just keep raising the bar yep. because it's unhealthy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's called, it's called, um, he was, uh, being controlling and manipulative. Mm-hmm. Um, because anytime anybody says that to you, that is not healthy. No. If no. you do this, this means you love me. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, my whole, like, I was always hyper aware of everybody else's boundaries because like I was, um, you know, I grew up in a dysfunctional home. And so like the adults were very like emotionally just all over the place and they had a lot of boundaries for us kids and we were told to respect them. And then kids were kind of, you know, we weren't really, um, allowed to have like our own personalities, our own like boundaries or anything. So I, that's just how I was programmed. I was literally programmed to be concerned and take care of everybody else. I took care of my younger brothers. I took care of my parents. I took care of their animals, everything. So when I got out into the, into life, I, I I didn't know who the hell I was. I didn't have a personality. I, everything was based off of like, how can I make everybody else around me happy? Because that's how I've been taught what being a human looks like. Mm. Um, I wanted, I wanted what everybody else did, but I didn't understand why they would get upset with me when I would put up a boundary. But when they put up a boundary, I was able to respect it. I didn't understand that. And because I didn't know 
people. I didn't know relationships. I thought that meant I did something wrong. Yeah. I didn't see it as they did something wrong. I've been taught my whole life it means you did something wrong. So it literally took going through this terrible relationship and then on top of that terrible friendship, my friendship, you know, that helped me get out of the relationship, that ended badly because, again, it was dysfunctional. Yeah. I I got to a point where I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I, that was really fucking bad. Yeah. And I don't like it. And yeah. I don't want this to continue. So I had to literally kind of isolate myself for a little bit figure out myself, which is really hard when you're a single parent. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you know, I, I knew I absolutely did not want to end up in the, in that situation again. Absolutely not. Let's, um, first of all, Desiree, you dropping gems, 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 dropping gems. If I can talk today, (laughs) Desiree said, I've been taught what being a human looks like. Exactly. Who is teaching you? what being a human looks like and do you want to follow their blueprint you know because again when you're single what is society teaching you about being a single woman in this society think about that okay and let's see i wanted to i've been writing down (laughs) questions okay so first of all let's get to um the good part now yeah um and then i'm gonna give you i have some tangible tips that i wrote down that i want to give you um, that can, um, maybe move you in the direction of setting clear boundaries. Um, especially if you struggle with that. So, um, my first question for you does is how long was that marriage? How long have you been divorced? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I know you're in a happy, healthy relationship now. Mm-hmm. Um, so let, let's, let's kind of do a timeline. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. So I was married Well, I was with my ex from the ages of 19 until about 23. And then, um, and then we had two kids together. So not a very long relationship. Um, and then from 23 until 31, I was single, like no boyfriends. I, I went on a couple of dates, um, through that six and a half years, um, or so I, I was celibate for about three and a half of those years, um, two and a half years. And then I crumbled up and then, and then again for, you know, another year. And I, I chose celibacy because I needed clarity. Okay. I'm glad. Okay. I I, I, I know I was going to ask you. It wasn't a religious decision for me. It was, um, the coochie is cloudy. Like she don't, she doesn't think right. We need to clean her up a little bit. She she doesn't know. Um, and it confuses you. And so I, I needed time, um, just to focus on me. And I literally spent that three years researching relationships Mm because I didn't understand them. I, I, that's what I do when I don't know something. I just research it. So I researched relationships. I researched emotions, being single, trauma, all of that. I went to therapy. I I did all of this work. It was super hard. I went to school. I started doing things that I love again. Yeah. I started, and then I started setting more boundaries with people and I lost people. Yeah. I did. And you have to be okay with that because you need to understand. I recognize when I set a boundary, I set a boundary and I say, this is, this is a standard for me. If you want to be in a relationship with me, this is the floor. If they keep trying to go drop that and they're not listening to me and they're not respecting my boundaries and I 
like I had to do this with my family. Yeah. I had yeah. to say, this is my standard. You are not allowed to talk down to me. You are not allowed to ignore me. You are not allowed to talk down to my children. Yep. You are not yep. allowed to do these yeah. things. This yeah. was my boundary. Yeah. They kept ignoring my boundary. And so a year before I said, if you keep doing this, I will not come over again. I will not. I'm going to give you some time. And this to your I, family. To my family. Yep. I want you, because I know how hard it is to set boundaries. But it was a very basic, be nice. That was my boundary. Be yeah. nice. Be nice to me. If you have a problem, communicate it. But yeah. healthy. Like, you don't have to put people down to right. communicate. Right. Um, and... I gave them about a year. I, I asked them to go to therapy. Like, let's go through this journey together. They were not down. <laughs> they did not want to do that, which is okay. That's their choice. So then they kept crossing that boundary. Yep. And so I finally said, okay, you know what? I told you guys. I warned you. I've decided this is the point where I, I'm done waiting. Yeah. Um, you're not trying. So this boundary that I set, I'm now going to honor that. Mm -hmm. And... I don't want to talk to you anymore um, until you go to therapy. So, of course, they were upset, but I set that boundary because the minute you cave and you let them dictate it, now this is this is the right. standard now. Right. So I want to... Um, we have to get to a point where somebody else's feelings and how they're going to react to us doesn't matter. Because it is in your boundaries where you show yourself that you love yourself. Yes. When you're not setting boundaries, you are pissing all over yourself. That's what you're doing. Um, shout out to F Examined. I believe that's your Twitter name. She, um, I don't know if you're a he or she or non-binary. They say this is so good. Thank oh, you for watching. Um, I'm glad you're watching. So I you, want to say one more thing yeah, on mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. I don't want anyone to think that... Like, cause it, they will make, they will say everything and everything to anything and everything to make you feel bad about it. Well, I just, I tried, I can't, you're not giving me it. Da, 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 da. Here's the thing. You set the boundary. You told them, this is what I expect. This is what I want. They made the choice. Yeah. To not that accept was it. was yeah. their choice. Yeah. Yeah. They knew what was going to happen. They did it anyway. So if you're telling a guy. Okay, you cheated. Well, let's figure out this problem together. Let's work through it together. You cheated. I've decided I'm going to give you one more shot. Let's talk about this. Let's work through this. Yeah. Let's say you do that. He cheats again. You have told him, if you do this, I'm leaving. He did it. You need to leave. And he'll do everything and every, anything and everything to tell you. All the reasons why, blah, blah, blah. It's irrelevant. You set a boundary. He crossed it. Here we go. Like, I don't get mad at my boyfriend when he, um, when he crosses a boundary that I never told him about, mm. but if he, but once I tell so him and yeah. I set that boundary and he crosses it, yeah. then we have a problem. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. It, yeah. It's always their choice. I always make it their choice because like, it's not fair to them if they're crossing a boundary I never established, right. but if they cross a boundary that I set then I don't feel bad when I, when I go ahead and follow through on the consequences. What you said, what the terms yeah. and conditions were. Listen, yes. so, and what I hear, what I hear Desiree saying is Sorry. you, you, um, you teach people how to treat you. Yes. That's facts. That is law. That is human law. 
This is not something we can work around. This is not something um, that isn't true. Whether you believe it or not, you teach people how to treat you. So once you say, if you do this again, or I don't like this, and they do it again, you have to then leave. Because, and so in the context of boy-girl relationship, romantic relationship, right? The problem lies in this, right? This is, and this is where you're forgetting that you're allowed to set a boundary. Um, This is where fantasy sets in. Because you want, when you set the boundary, and let's say they do walk all over you, and you just let it go, it's because you want the story. You're so in this fantasy of, but he has to be the one. Why? Do you know how many men are on this planet? And also, why do you have to be in a relationship? And this is not knocking relationships. I think relationships are beautiful when they're healthy. Um, that's our natural desire to be in a relationship. But it is not God's will for you to be in a relationship where his son is abusing you. That's not biblical. Please show me in the Bible where it says that love is abusive. It's not. Mm-mm. It's actually easier than we allow it to be because what so we're doing, easier. right, it's so much easier. But what we're doing is we're out here dating somebody's son who hasn't done any of the healing, any of the processing, any of the learning himself. And then we're trying to force him to be this guy that we want when he is showing you with his actions that he is not. And what you're doing while you diminish your standards is you are actually proving to yourself that you're not the woman you want to be. Because again, remember when I said, if I asked you at 15, what kind of relationship do you want? Of course you would say healthy. I want him to love me, blah, blah, blah. What type of woman do you want to be? I want to be a woman that stands up for herself. I want to set boundaries, blah, blah, blah. Well, you had an opportunity to do that in these dysfunctional relationships you are in and you're not doing it. So you're not her. And what did we talk about on Monday when I was talking about this? I said, when you ask me, Rika, how do I get over a guy? I said, well, first you have to face the woman that you were in that relationship. You have to face her. You have to face the woman that you were while you were in that relationship. I have something. Mm-hmm. I have something on this. So I, I think this is just a theory, but I think one of the reasons why when we get into dysfunctional relationships, whether you come from a healthy household or a dysfunctional one, we've been told our whole lives Treat others the way you want to be treated. We've, to- we've been told our whole lives, oh, you yeah, get this is good. what you deserve. So we assume when, when someone is treating us badly that I must deserve it because I've been told my whole life you get what you deserve. That's karma. Mm-hmm. I must mm-hmm. be, this must be karmic. But it's not true. You don't get what you deserve. You get what you accept, period. That is the truth. So it's not that you were bad and that's why he treated you like that way. Mm-hmm. That way. He treated you bad because you accepted it. Yeah. And you said that's okay for me. So then now you have this totally skewed version of you thought you were one thing. Or so either you thought you were one thing and he showed you that you're something different and now you're having an existential crisis yeah. or yeah. you already yeah. felt that way about yourself and he's confirming it. Yeah. Whether it's fun- like dysfunctional families that you grew up with or functional. Yeah. Yes. That's the pro that's what my brain thinks, you know. I don't know. <laughs> well, I so I'll add this to uh, Mike and my mic. We also think, and this was me, so, and those are my dogs. They are barking at the wind. Yay. Okay. 
Um, this is what I thought too, especially if you grew up in a Christian household. <clears throat> Excuse me. I didn't want to burp on camera. Sorry. Oh, that was gross. Oh my God. <laughs> girls don't burp. <laughs> yes, we do. We poop too. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> so we also think that it is the, like, I felt like, um, this is how, uh, Nicole, I had her on this platform. I want to say like three weeks ago. And I asked her if she felt the same way. And I like the way that she put it. So I'll say the way she put it. She felt that it was her duty to stay with him because she was Christian. And this is what God wants me to do because we're oh, supposed to forgive. Test. I hear that right. too. A test. Like a test. And we're supposed to forgive and give him grace. Here's the thing. Forgiveness does not mean stay. Nor is the, forg- the definition of forgiveness is not doormat. Mm-mm. The definition of forgiveness is not stay. Nope. Forgiveness has everything to do with your heart and cleaning out your heart. It has nothing to do with, well, I have to endure this suffering because this is love. God already do that. Didn't we just celebrate Easter? Yeah. He already did that for us. So this idea of suffering love, we have to get this out of our mind. I, yeah, I have a good one yeah, on go that ahead. too. My, I will tell you this. Girl, listen, uh, my pit bulls, Champ and Thor, they eat expensive food. So I need to pay some bills real quick. Give me less than three minutes, I promise, okay? I gotta pay some bills. This conversation returns right after this. All right, girl, let's talk. You see how this jar is full of water? This represents you before you started dating, maybe like 15, 22. Now this jar represents the men you've dated in your whole dating life. Now, because nobody had a conversation with you about what makes a healthy relationship versus an unhealthy relationship, this is how you've been dating. You tried serving your way into his heart. You tried giving up your body for his heart. You saw potential and thought, well, if I just love him good enough, he will turn into the man that I need and want. And he never did. Where is that leaving you? In fact, you have your professional life together. You're killing it at work. Like you're a manager, a teacher, or a nurse doing well. But you're left wondering how come you can't get this together. In fact, you've wasted time and money. You paid his rent, bought him Jordans, and Xbox, maybe even his tuition, poured it all into him. And where does that leave you? With a man who is actually giving all that love away to other women He's lying and manipulating you and you never, never, never get the love that you want and need. So now you're stuck here, empty, wondering how you got stuck in this cycle of dysfunction and you want out. You just don't know where to start. Start with me. My masterclass, The Key Strategies to Dodging a Dysfunctional Relationship is coming up and I'm saving a seat for you. Click learn more so you can get all of the details because I want to help you discover your worth so that you can stop that cycle of dysfunctional relationships. Plus, learn how to set those clear, hard boundaries because raise your hand if you have a hard time setting boundaries with men. Like the people that I have cut out of my life um, that I set boundaries with and they didn't honor it. I have forgiven them and I have grace for them because part of my healing was trying to understand where they're coming from. So I can understand why you're doing the things you do. That does not mean that I'm going to allow you to work through your shit through me. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. figure your shit out. Yep. And then when you, like, my my um, boyfriend, I'm talking, like, one of my relatives keeps messaging me mm-hmm. and saying very toxic things. And I'm like, oh, it just brings me down every time. But I haven't, del- I haven't blocked her and I haven't. I haven't blocked anyone except for one person. Yeah. And I haven't, um, I haven't like changed my number or anything. And he's like, why, why, why not just be done with it? And I'm like, I have grace and I have forgiveness, but I want to leave that door open because I believe that people can change and they can heal and we can get there. But like, I don't want to talk to them until they get there, but the door I want to leave the door open because I do have grace and forgiveness, but that does not, I still have to protect me because yeah. I'm not helping anyone right. by letting other people drag me down, especially for me, my children. Yeah. Like I'm not going to let them go through that. And there's one thing that my father said to me that was like, for me, the fire under my butt to literally kick them out of my life. It was, I told my, my dad, Hey, you know, your wife, my, my stepmom, she's, she's hurting me. The things she says are, are super hurtful. It hurts me. And, and I I hate it. You know, I, I don't know why. And he goes, oh, Desi, cut it out. Like, you, you know, she treated her mom like, or her mom treated her like that. She's treating you like that. And you're going to treat your daughter like that. That's just how it goes. And I was like, <gasps> that for me was like, absolutely not. Like, they know they're dysfunctional. My family has literally said, we know we were abusive. We yeah. know we were... But you know what? Like, it's your job as our daughter to forgive us. That was the, that's what they, and I'm adopted. So then I had the, I had the pressure of, you know what? It could be worse and you should just be grateful for, for what they have done. And so that kept me in the dysfunctional relationship for that long because yeah, like I don't want to be ungrateful. They gave me a whole new life. You know, like, I don't want to be ungrateful. Like, this is better, you know. But what I told them, and and I'll say this just one last thing real quick, that I told them my real mom gave birth to me. And that did not give her the, what is it called? The right. The right or the... Privilege. um, What is the word I'm looking for? I don't know. That did not give her... The, the power, the audacity. Well, the right, the right or whatever. Okay. It didn't give her the right to treat me like that. Yeah. She, there's no free pass. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I chose to end that relationship when I was 12. My adopted family, you know, well, my, my husband, I chose him. I chose him for my life. That didn't give him the right to treat me that way. Right. And my, my adopted family, yes, they adopted me. And I'm so grateful for that. But that did not give them the right to treat me that way. Just right. because you do something nice doesn't mean you have a free pass now to do all these terrible right. things. Right, 100%. Yeah. And I think it's, it's just, um, again, really sad that somebody can say that to you. Like, well, her mom did, it, did this, whatever, um, and you'll do it to your daughter you can know again you can know you're dysfunctional but not know how to get out of that because again where are who's teaching this stuff right yeah um who how do you get this lesson so i just want somebody hearing this regardless if you come from a dysfunctional family you've had dysfunctional relationships with men before or you're in one right now it will it can get better if you do the work but mm-hmm. you have to be willing to do the scary thing it's and hard. leave and I know that it is scary 
to walk away from situations because a lot of us don't like uncharted territory. We don't like things we don't know about, right? But trust me, it is better on the other side. It is. All right. So you said something, and I wrote it down. I'm glad I had a note. Um, you said that when you got into that marriage after leaving your um, relationship, that at that time you were thinking you needed to be with somebody that went through trauma mm-hmm. like you did. Yes. Well, I know your boyfriend. <laughs> uh, Anthony and Brunoni <laughs> comes okay. from a two-parent household like I do. We are they were very... together since like 13. Right. Yeah. Yes. They've been together. His parents have been together since they were 13. So... When we're growing up in this two-parent household situation, ignorance is bliss. We're very happy, joyful. Parents are nice to us. So how, I guess one of the things that I want to know, because we don't have time to unpack the whole relationship, but what was different about him and how quickly were you able to set boundaries? Because he used to be a self-proclaimed F-boy. Yes. And I know his stories because he actually used to be my co-host on the morning show here where I live doing radio. And so I've heard. And I was actually very scared when you guys got together. But I was like, I'm not the person who inserts my opinion unless asked. And I know you guys are like, how do you feel about it? And I was like, listen, if this is what you want, we're going to see. (laughs) And so far, so good. You guys made it a year. Yeah, like I'm, I'm like, okay, because... What I didn't want is for him to be the way he was with other women for you. Even if you guys don't work out, yeah. I will never be like, well, he was an F-boy to you. Yeah. No, I think this is a very healthy relationship and it doesn't mean that that means it's going to work out. I mean, I hope it does. Yeah. You know what I mean? But not every relationship has to end in turmoil and not cussing people out. Yeah. But I was afraid of that like yeah. at first. Now I'm not afraid. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> back to the question. That is such a good question. So, um, I, cause I actually asked myself this recently, Yeah. but, um, I honestly with, with Anthony, I didn't try to make him not be a fuck boy. I literally think I, it was like, um, I, I think I just told him, you know, I'm not going to tell you not to cheat because you're a full grown man. And if you're going to cheat on me, fucking do it. Yeah. Like, I would rather you cheat on me so I can just be done with this. Yeah. Like, yeah. I yeah. do not try to dictate the, uh, learn from them. Like, watch them, learn from them. Those first couple of weeks and months into the relationship, um, I went and met his family. I went all the way to Detroit. I met his family. I met his friends. I wanted to see how he'd interact with them. I listened to the word, like what he was saying. I, I wanted to know who, who is this person? Like, how can I trust him? Because, um, it's hard to distinguish in the early stages of a relationship, the difference between love bombing because you're with a narcissist mm-hmm. and love, like real love. Mm-hmm. So I, I remember telling him, um, well, and I asked him, why me? Like, why did you be different with me? And he said, when his, he lost his job um, during the pandemic. Right. Early and on. Early yeah. on. Mm-hmm. And I had just lost my, and this was like early, early stages. And we were really vibing. Like, yeah. we, we were really into each other. But when he found out, I was like, oh gosh, okay, he's moving back. 
He told me he was moving back. I went over to his house. Moving back to Detroit. To, De- to Detroit. Right. And we, that's we live in Washington State. Yeah. Yep. And that's where his family's from. And I was yeah. like, that makes sense that he's moving back. Right. I was sad, but I was like, I don't want to interrupt his life life process. 100%. And I don't, yeah. I don't want to end up with the wrong person. Right. Because that will interrupt my life process. So if he's moving, cool. That's fine. So I went to his house and we just, I wanted to show him a good time for his last night. So we just had fun. We hung out. And uh, we stayed up all night talking, and then, and I never asked him to stay. Yeah. I never told him not to cheat. I never asked him not yeah. to. I never asked him to stay. I never told him how to be. I just observed him, and I love him for who he is. And like, if someone's gonna cheat, if someone's gonna act a fool, you want them to do it. You want them to show them, show you who they are. It's not your job to police their actions. Mm. It's their job to. I just set the boundaries. And I'm like, well, you can cheat. I'm going to leave you. Well, you can talk bad to me. I'm going to leave you. Like, I'm not going to allow that. And he knew it. He knew it right away. He literally looked at me, like, terrified. Like, the first week or two weeks. And he goes, oh, I can't play games with you. And I was like, well, you can. But it's not going to work. Like, I mean, do whatever you want, man. Like, I'm not going to tell you how to be. And so I think that was the big difference. And also for me personally with Anthony, um, I am very, like, guarded. Like, I'm a very open person, but I'm a very guarded person. So there's there's, uh, parts of my life that I don't let anyone in. No one has ever met my children that I've ever been, like, dated. Yeah. he was the first one. I'm very guarded with things that I care about. But Anthony is so over the top, raw, open. Like, there is no shame in this kid. If it mm. exists, I've never seen it. <laughs> and it made me feel so comfortable. Yeah. Which was what allowed us to bond without that trauma bond. Yeah. He was just so open and loving and accepting. And I I feel bad sometimes because I have PTSD. So sometimes something so simple like tickling me will trigger my PTSD. And yeah. I feel terrible. I'm like, I'm so sorry. And he's just so calm. Yeah. And he's like, it's okay. I'm here. I'm sorry. Like, so understanding. He respects my boundaries. And that's how I really knew this is the guy for me. Because he respects my boundaries. And it could be something silly like, like, like tickling. Hey, yo, that triggers me. Please don't do it. Yeah. But it also takes me being able to, instead of, because PTSD literally sends you back into the frame of mind you were when the abuse was happening. So it takes me having to be self-aware enough to understand that this is what's happening and communicate that to him so that I'm not just reacting out of emotion and he's not just reacting back. And, and that's one of the things he told me, too. He goes, oh, no, I've had girlfriends who have PTSD. They just didn't know it. So yeah. they'd scream at me about some random thing. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. You're the first person to actually give me a reason of why you're acting the way you're acting. So I understand, and I don't take it personal. You know, because that's yeah. where we get, like, combative is when we take things personal. Well, and, and so I do, so I wrote some notes. Yeah. Um, so women can be toxic, too. And so I want you to know that Single You Academy, which we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. uh, So it's not about me. um, I'm not a dating coach, first of all. I'm a boundaries coach. And I make women face themselves. Like I have had, I mean, the, the conversations I have with my clients. I mean, one told me I have broken a generational curse. Um, One told me that I made her face things that she's never had to face. 
Um, and because we do the deep work. Yeah. This is not about, well, I'm just gonna spend time. Ugh, I hate this. Okay. It's not about this. Oh my God, I'm bitter. I hate guys, whatever. I'm just going to be by myself. And all you do is work and sit at home and watch Netflix. That's not the life I want for you either. Um, if you want, again, if you have that desire to date, I want you to, if you have that desire to have a husband, I want you to, I just want it to be healthy. But you got to want that too. And you have to do more work than just getting off of work and sitting at home watching Netflix, net, Netflix, <laughs> Netflix, thinking that's self-care. That's escapism. That's escapism. Exactly. Oh, that's so good. Say that again for the people in the back. Just <laughs> let me, hold on. Let's mute me. Yeah. And I will, I, I will speak on, on this because I can tell you from experience, I, even though I'm a nice person and I view myself as a nice person, I was toxic because I didn't understand my own emotions and where they were coming from and how it affected other people. The people it affected the most were the people I cared about the most, my children. Because you think that you're not repeating generational stuff because you're not doing the things like verbatim that your family did, but you are repeating. Mm. Because if your foundation of knowledge, everything you know mm -hmm. about being a human has been built on a bad foundation, anything you build on top of that is broken. And it was so hard to look at myself and say, okay, I've been, I'm, yes, I have reasons why I am the way I am and why I'm hurting. And I'm recognizing that what they did was wrong, but also recognizing the patterns I'm repeating and fixing those and building a new foundation. You can't build a new foundation without having something to replace it with. So it's one thing to know that mm. it's wrong and it's broken. It's another thing to fix it. And mm. it's really, really hard, mm. but it's so good on the other side. Yeah. It's so, I, I literally sometimes will just start crying because I didn't know this was possible. Yeah. I, I remember being a little girl. I'm going to start crying oh. and thinking every bad thing that happened to me, I thought I was stacking up points for when I was a grown-up. Yeah. So if my friends had good things happening and I had bad things happening, I thought, oh, I feel really bad for them because I'm stacking up points. And someday I'm going to be a grown-up and I'm going to have an amazing life because I got all my suffering done early. Yeah. And now that I'm an adult, when I became an adult and I got out on my own and the same stuff was still happening, I was like, oh my gosh, why? Like, I had such a... Like, it was so yeah. hard. Like, why is it still hard? It literally, and it sucks. It sucks that somebody else can do this damage to you and you're yeah. the, you're the only one who can fix it. Yeah. But you have to, like you, you have to do the work if you want the happy ending. You can choose not to do the work because it's really hard facing the fact that you're not the perfect person you think you are. You're not just the victim. Yeah. You're also somebody else's, you know, abuser and I'm not saying that I was super abusive to my kids or anything. I'm just saying I wasn't the best parent I have the capacity of being. You weren't emotionally there at first because you didn't know how to be. Yeah. And now and you're I, there. Like, I would see my daughter who's autistic. And she would... I didn't know she was autistic. So when she would act a certain way, I... I would freak out I, when it, we were home alone or when we were like with my friends, I felt fine. But when she was in public, like with my parents or around people that I knew cared about, whether your kids were acting a certain way, dressed a certain way, I would force her into situations that would literally put her into meltdowns because I didn't know her. I didn't know me. Yeah. I didn't know how to be a parent. I didn't know how to be a human. 
like a yeah. healthy one. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. And I love you so freaking much. And I know we've had this conversation before. Yeah. And as I told you, you know, the Bible does talk about I'll give you beauty for your ashes. Um, so you even thinking that as a little girl that to have that wherewithal that, yeah, kind of, it's true. Mm-hmm. Like God says that, like this suffering that you, you're, you went through, trust me, it's all going to work out for your good. If you do the work though, because the, the Bible also says faith without works is dead. Right. Yeah. And so TD Jakes, um, uh, says this a lot, like the older generation, they just thought we just prayed away. Oh Lord, please do this for me. Please Lord, do this for me. Please Lord, please Lord. But you ain't doing no work to fix yourself. Mm-hmm. It is on the other side. You just have to do the work. And like you said, you can choose to not do it, but what is it costing you? Yeah. I see there's a few people watching. What is it costing you to not do the work, to not figure, figure out who you are, to not stop the cycle of dysfunctional relationships, to not have a good, clear understanding of what makes uh, the difference between a, a healthy hard versus abusive versus dysfunctional. What is it costing you to not do the work? What is it? Peace, joy, you, money, staying in a cycle of trauma. Like Ellen said, clarity of mind. What's up, Ellen? Clarity of mind, that's a good one. Yes, because you're in this fog, right? So let's get to, um, I want to recap what we talked about, right? So I wrote down some tangible steps that you can take, okay? I want you, you need to know how you want to be treated and set a boundary. Do you feel like when you, after you got that relationship and you were on your celibacy journey and being um, single for seven years, that's when you were cultivating um, this life of knowing what you wanted and the boundaries you wanted to set, right? Do you mm-hmm. feel like that's what you were doing in that time, as well as a lot of things as well? Yeah, definitely. I was, I really wanted, I wanted to curate my life. I wanted to, I wanted to be happy for like the first time in my life. I've never been happy, like just truly happy because yeah. I was always living in somebody else's dysfunction. And so, like, once I got clear, like, and that's the truth, right? When you're, when you are in an abusive relationship, when you're in any sort of abusive relationship, you are literally living in someone else's dysfunction. They are trying to work through their trauma through you. And it's like a ripple effect. So if you, you have to, you have to clear, you have to get all those people out of the way because you cannot see clearly when you have all these dysfunctional relationship people pulling you into all these different directions. I needed clarity. I needed, I didn't know who I was or what I wanted. And so I needed that. And I just started just doing that. I just started creating a safe space for myself. Yeah. yeah. You have to create a safe space for myself. My home had to be that spot. My work had to be that spot. I am not someone who can handle dysfunctional relationships. I know that some people can, I can't. Yeah. So I, I started learning what I could handle and what I couldn't. And you, and as that's why it took me so long. It took me six and a half years. Cause I had to like, I had to put things into practice and yeah. I had to build yeah. it. I had to like break it down, build it up, break it down, build it up. And, you know, almost do like social experiments and, 
I got to the, to such a good place where I could set boundaries with anyone. I could t- I just categorize people now. I can have a relationship with anyone. Yeah. You you just have to know where, like what type of relationship you can have. Yeah. But you have to know yourself before you can do any of that. Absolutely. And is there anything that we missed? Um, any- I, there's one thing I thought of when you were talking about mm-hmm. that finding love. So finding love. And I, we talked about this last time, and I just, it's just a little thing I wanted to say. There is such a big difference between, um, in like, in a dysfunctional relationship, love looks like two people saying, no, I need love. No, I need love. You know, it's it's a, I yes. need love. Yes. A yes. La- it's I a love lack, when you say this. Yeah. yeah, a lack of love, and so you're you're requiring it from everybody else. But when you are, but when you're a healthy person, and you know yourself, you are so full of love. I am so full of love. Yeah. Every single day, it is literally overflowing. And Anthony and I have this little thing where it's like, um, when I'm feeling depleted, I will tell him, I need you to fill up my tank. And Aww. he will start cuddling me. He'll do something nice for me. And sometimes he'll that. do it just randomly. He'll start like, he'll just do something nice for me or he'll he'll give me lots of extra cuddles and kisses and I'll be like what are you doing and he's like I'm filling up your tank you yeah, know yeah. um and and it it's such a mutually beneficial thing cuz we fill up each other's tanks and then it's just overflowing and we just have so much love for each other and that's what a healthy relationship looks like it's yeah. like I have so much extra love let me give it to you yeah and then but then when you're in a dysfunctional you're both so depleted of love that you're just like from like I can literally remember what it feels like to be exhausted and depleted and just longing yep. for that feeling of yep. love and yep. and nobody's yeah. capable of giving it to you cuz everybody else is depleted too. Yeah, yeah. And it's that Oh, sorry. I keep pushing up. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're longing uh for this love, wishing you could get it from him and he's not the one. He has shown you it's not or you're it's so not him, full of love you're a healthy person and mm-hmm. they need the love and they see it and they just start siphoning and they just it, and they never fill you. you back up they yeah just steal yep it. yep and and if you're watching this uh either now or in the replay you've seen my water video where i have the two jugs uh two two jugs mason jars one full of water and one not and you're the empty one because you done gave all your water to the dude mm-hmm. um yeah i've talked about that before i love when you say that because the 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 people who are hurting you they are actually really hurt mm-hmm. and i understand that and i like how you said that earlier i can understand that and not be with you and wish you well i wish my abusive ex love and life i feel bad I, I feel bad for them yeah instead of thinking well i it's my duty to help them you know i don't think that anymore i just love and light you not for me boo i only only deal with people on a friendship level, family, and of course, romantic when I've ever decided to date a kid uh, with people who are doing the work. Yeah. If you're not doing the work, we're not having, what, why are we talking? Yeah. Let me know when you're ready. Let me know when you're ready. Exactly. Yeah. Like I said, I don't, family, friends, romantic partners. I, that blood thing, well, we're blood and there go my dogs. That blood thing where we're blood. So we're just supposed to be around each other all the time. Nope. I don't believe in that. Okay. So what I want to do now is I'm just going to recap some spots. And of course, you can chime in if you want to, Des. But obviously, we were talking about boundaries today, okay? And the tangible step that we were talking about that you can take today 
is knowing how you want to be treated and set that boundary and hold it. But you have to know how you want to be treated. And that comes from knowing who you are, okay? So how do you take that step to make that decision, to figure that out? You got to ask yourself, do I deserve better than what he's giving me? What I ask myself now in every situation, is this God's best for me? Or is he looking at me like, daughter, <clears throat> I got something a little bit better for you. So I'm going to need you to set a boundary. Ask yourself that. Is this man God's best for me? Okay. And so if you say, um, hold on, so I'm looking at my notes. And if you ask yourself that question and you're feeling like, well, I don't know, or no, let me tell you that God has better for you. I am calling you to a higher woman. I'm calling you to a higher place. But if you don't believe it, it's because you don't know who you are and you haven't done the work, okay? And if you say yes, great. So what do you need to do to execute that boundary? Do you need to speak up for yourself? Because men are not mind readers. Do you need to hold yourself accountable? Okay. This is how you set a boundary. You set it and leave it. And then when somebody tries to, like Des said, come under here. Nope. We're, we only deal up here. What was that quote you said? Um, it, imagine if women. Do you remember? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Um, imagine a world where women held men to higher standards. I mean, we, we got the cookie, you know, and like we get to, we get, we're their mothers. We're their, we're their wives. We give them life. Like if we held them to a higher standard collectively, the only power they have is by making us think that we have to do or be a certain way to not be brutalized, to not be, you know, um, to, to end up having a husband, to do that they somehow have power over us, but that's not true. If we hold our, ourselves to a higher standard, if we hold them to a higher standard, we can literally change the world. This 100%. is how we do it. 100%. We don't do it through war. We don't do it through, you know, capital or any of that. You do it through communication. Um, I think it's, I want to say it's Albert Einstein who said that, Peace is achieved through communication and understanding, not war. Mm -hmm. And that, like, that goes for you, inner peace. It goes for peace, in, harmony in your home, mm -hmm. harmony in your community. We just got to raise each other, raise, raise these men to a higher standard. Because I guarantee you, once no woman will touch them, no woman will talk to them, they'll have no, <laughs> no. choice. Right, because men need us. Yeah. <laughs> they need us more than we need them right 100 100 so listen you can change your whole life your whole household by setting boundaries oh yeah and one more disclaimer i will never tell you i'm an expert in this area i am just speaking from my lens and what i learned by being in an abusive relationship by not knowing myself by not having self-love for myself and not knowing how to set a boundary to save my life girl so just remember that i'm speaking from my lens and after 18 
19 years of radio. September of 2020, I stepped down from my full-time radio job to focus on what God is calling me to do in this season. And this is it. I'm called to guide you, girl. I'm called to guide women who need to hear that singleness is not a punishment. And you are worthy regardless of your relationship status. That's what I'm here for. So if that's you, I want you to share this episode, especially if I say something that resonates with you. Share it with a girlfriend. Sharing is caring. Also, can you subscribe to this podcast? You will be notified once a new episode drops. So definitely subscribe and rate. Rate this podcast. Okay, please. I don't know if you know how much it actually helps like a host like me, an influencer, how much a rating, a share, a like helps us. So please help this small business owner, me, Rika, that's me, (laughs) by rating this podcast as well. Lastly, my intro. Here's a fun fact. It comes from my old morning show. I used to have this morning show on a station here in the Tri-Cities called Power 99.1. And my friend, my co-worker, one of the greats in production land, James Tyler, he had made that for me for my morning show, the Just Me Rika show. And I was like, yo, on my podcast, I need that intro back. And he made it for me. So thank you for that intro. Thank you for the production, James Tyler. Uh, Of course, it was inspired by Beyonce's Flawless. Yeah. All right, girl, that's it. Thank you so much for listening to Single You, the podcast. And we'll talk on the next episode.